Our scripture lesson today comes from 1 John. We've been moving through 1 John for the last couple of weeks, and we'll continue with uh, that scripture in the weeks ahead. Today we are looking at 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason that the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He was revealed to take away sins. And in Him there is no sin. No one who abides in Him sins. No one who sins has either seen Him or known Him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as He is righteous. Let us pray. O Lord, use Your servant's lips, use Your people's ears and hearts, that they may be wed that the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. We have all talked about a family resemblance. My granddaughter was here for a service, and so of course I talked about a family resemblance. I noticed some things. First of all, I noticed that my daughter is often said to look a great deal like me. Second, I notice that the baby Charlotte is said to look a great deal like my daughter, and that's usually followed by, and she is so cute. So taking the logic forward a bit, I, I guess I am fairly cute too, you know, the... <laughs> The family resemblance and the logic is definitive. We think that uh, Charlotte is a carbon copy of Michaela, our oldest. Um, Ben's parents believe that Charlotte is a spitting image of him when he was a child. So there are various things that we look for as we look into family resemblance. But there is a family resemblance and that doesn't always depend on the kind of family that you come from. On the one hand, you've got the nuclear family, mom, dad, and kids, and sometimes it's really easy to see where family resemblance comes from there. But I have seen so many adoptive kids who, for whatever reason, sometimes families have their own mannerisms, and they all just like to stand in the same way and put their, put their hand in the same place and you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know. It's not just biology that gives us these resemblances. It's favorite phrases to use. 
um, phrases that, that kids hear mom or dad use and it becomes something of a running joke among them. And so, therefore, there's this family resemblance in the way that we talk. There's, of course, family resemblance in DNA. As I was looking this past week, there is a wonderful photograph, half of which is President Abraham Lincoln's face. The other half is, I believe it is his first cousin, three times removed, who is alive now. And if you put the left half of one of their faces and the right half of the other face together, the family resemblance after all of these years is absolutely astonishing. And so what happens in 1 John is that 1 John begins to tell us something about our resemblance to our Savior. And you know how I love grammar. I am a grammar person through and through. And so there are all sorts of things. You grammar people, you know there are nouns, there are verbs, there are active verbs, there are passive verbs. And then there are imperatives. The imperatives are the bossy words in grammar. They tell you what you need to do. They give you a command of some kind. And there are two commands that are given in our text today. And the first command is to see. See, observe, take note of. Well, what is it that John wants us to see? See what love the Father has given us. That we should be called children of God and that is what we are. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. What is it we are to see? Well, there are a lot of things that we can see. The Bible is a book that is full of things that our attention may be called to, but John, in our reading for today, is telling us to see God's love. And the love of God is something that appears time and again in Scripture. For God so loved the world. Love one another as I have loved you. God is love. See what love the Father has given us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That means we are part of a family. Now... We don't look the same necessarily. Some of us are tall and short. Others of us are older in years and some are younger. Uh, You couldn't tell by looking at our faces that we are a part of the family, but when we prayed our Father, that means God is my Father, and if you prayed the Lord's Prayer, God is your Father. And what that means is that we right here are a family, no matter how different we look, no matter how far we have driven to get here. We are a family, and one of the things that we have in common as family, if a space alien were just to hover for a week or two weeks and observe the behavior of various people, there are certain people that on the first day of the week at 9 o'clock, they come together in one room. At 11 o'clock or 11.15, they come together in one room. It's one of our family activities. We get together and we read and we sing and we worship and we listen and we see. We see the love that the Father has given us in bringing us into a family. There are various ways people can enter into a family. 
Some families you're just born into. Other families, it seems as if there there is a house with hospitality that that draws people in. My sister-in-law and my brother-in-law have a house like that. There's always somebody there and sometimes they stay for a week or two weeks. I think we're up to uh, 12 or 13 years with one with one who's just stayed just stayed there are all kinds of families all kinds of ways that you can join a family there are families that are open and so hospitable and so loving that people who are parts of other families feel welcome see what love the father has given us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are make no mistake that's what we are although we have a condition now that in some ways makes this more murky right now we are not known by the world the world does not get people whose lives are founded and grounded on the love of God in Christ. The world does not understand those who take a position that 98% of the rest of the world sees as unimportant. The world does not get what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Why would he do that? (laughs) Why would he give... 10% of his money to an organization don't get it why does she go out three times a week and, and spend money on a kid that may or may not turn out like she wants him to turn out we're not known by the world the world sees much of what we do as people of faith as lunacy Our glory is not yet fully revealed. God hasn't shown us who we're going to be in the end. God's not finished with us and there's a lot left to cover. And our response to this is that we get ready by, in the words of John, we purify ourselves just as He is pure. We work on that family resemblance the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him Jesus comes into the world and everybody wants Jesus to think like they think you have the Herodians who say our relationship with Herod is is going to keep us safe as Jewish people and so you need to be committed to Herod and to his dynasty, the Herodians wanted to pull Jesus into politics. The Pharisees believed that their interpretation of the law of Moses was the correct interpretation. You shall not do any work on the Sabbath? Well, let's help you not do any work on the Sabbath. You can walk a thousand feet. And after that, it becomes work you know you work up a sweat I know what some of you are thinking I work up a sweat after 500 feet depending on the temperature 
But the Pharisees wanted Jesus to latch on to their interpretation of the Bible and were very, very offended when Jesus did not. The Sadducees were in high places in government. They were philosophical. They didn't much care in all cases about what people believed or how they behaved. They saw themselves as erudite. They saw themselves as the philosophers of the bunch. Jesus is pulled in many different directions. The world didn't know him. The world didn't know that on Palm Sunday, when he entered into Jerusalem, everybody thought he was going to try to make himself king. They didn't know that he entered into Jerusalem to get himself crucified. They didn't know that Jesus would have compassion on those that nobody else seemed to have compassion on. A woman caught in adultery. Someone to whom Jesus said, bring your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He said, you've had multiple husbands. And she went back and she said, I met a man who told me everything I had ever done. The world doesn't know us because the world doesn't know him. And if our priorities are his priorities, we are just as likely to be misunderstood as our Lord was misunderstood. The reason the world does not know him is because the reason the world does not know us is because it does not know him. I love chapter 3 verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. Right now, you have the privilege of being in the family of God. But what we will be has not yet been revealed what we do know is this when he is revealed we will be like him for we will see him as he is God isn't finished with me it may be that by the time God is finished with me over time I might have billowing blonde hair that I can do anything with I might be six five I might be 5'2", who knows? (laughs) But God's not finished with us. And all, all we know is that something extraordinary is going to happen. And when He is revealed, we will be like Him and we will be transformed and changed as we see Him as He is. Now we get to the proper response to all of this to the fact of our being in the family of God, to the fact that God's just getting started and, and will continue to work until He has accomplished His work in us, now we come to the proper response, and that's this. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. God will take you as you are. God does not intend to leave you that way. God will accept you if you have fallen to the lowest point that is humanly possible to fall. But Jesus will stand at your side and lift you and say, Behold, 
if anyone is in me, there is a new creation. Set aside the old. Embrace the new. I am not done with you, but only beginning. So we wait. We wait for His full revelation. We wait and we hope because God is going to start in some way and, and finish in another. And one of the interesting things is um, I, I just love to think about what seeds become. Here's a kernel of corn uh, about that big. You'd kick it off of your floor. You might throw it away. And if you didn't know this was a kernel of corn, how surprised would you be when you put this in the ground and this came up? We are not what we will be. Right now we look like the, the kernel of corn. Right now it, it's not apparent what we will be when God is finished with us. But when God is finished with us, we will grow and mature. And God Himself, His Spirit which is just planted within us, will make us a people after His own image. And then, here's a mustard seed. A tiny little thing. I would hardly recognize that as a seed. And the mustard seed, when planted, and suddenly it becomes a bush. Now, some of these bushes are, are about that tall. Some of these bushes are about that tall. And the birds that scamper in the fields can hide in the shade we are God's children now what we will be has yet to be revealed but know this by the time God is finished with you you will be amazingly strong courageous loving and you will be fit to live with God for eternity. Now, there are two imperatives, the bossy words of grammar. The first is see. See that you are a child of God. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And that's what we are. Now, the second bossy word that John uses is don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. There are a lot of things that can deceive us. In fact, there are whole ploys to deceive tens of thousands of people. Bernie Madoff uh, died this past week. Uh, Bernie Madoff made off with a lot of people's money. 37,000, including people who should have known better. But he was the director of the NASDAQ for, for long enough that he had some kind of credentialing behind him. And yet, in the end, it was all but deception. There was a man in a church I was at before whose, whose mother's life savings was swindled by a Madoff-like character. And 
they began to have hints that this was going on and they would do things like knock on the door and they would know that the financial advisor was in there and, and climb through a window and see, see what he was doing and what was going on. And he was so good at deceiving people that he made them believe that everything was all right. Even as he was packing everyone's money up to start a new life somewhere else. Don't be deceived, John says. Let no one deceive you. Life matters. Your life, as you come to know God and as you enter into the family of God, matters. Let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. Now, our text reading ended at verse 7 really the the block of text that uh, should be studied goes all the way down to to verse 10 and in verse 9 he elaborates on that and says those who have been born of God do not sin because God's seed abides in them they cannot sin for they have been born of God what an interesting thought We who believe that God has very little to do in our lives. We who believe that we can make this faith of ours kind of a secondary part of the business of living. John says, no, it's going to turn you inside out, upside down. It's going to change what you think about. It's going to change how you act. If you're a teacher, it's going to make you a different kind of teacher. If you're a doctor, it's going to make you a different kind of physician. If you are a mother or father or aunt or uncle, it's going to make you a different kind of presence in the lives of those you are around. Everything. Everything changes. Don't be deceived. It matters. It matters. Life in God's grace looks very different from the kind of life that we live under our own steam. And we must yield to the Lord as He transforms us. And how does He transform us? From old to new. From broken to whole. From children of the world and of the evil one to children of the living God and we begin to note ever so slowly a family resemblance between the members of God's family and of God himself I love family resemblance and Charlotte looks just like me adorable here's just a random photo of father and son You can tell just by looking at them. You can tell that there is this kinship, this familial kind of similarity between them. Here's a grandmother and grandson. And even though they are from different generations and even though one is male and the other is female, you can tell. You can tell that they belong 
together. How can people tell that you belong to God? What is the family resemblance between you and our Savior? God is listening, listening all the time. God hears the prayer of the indigent, dying beggar in India. He hears that prayer. And if God opens our ears and if we start to take on characteristics of the Father, we hear that prayer too. It's amazing to think that you could get on an airplane and 12 hours away, there are people who don't have food to eat on any given day. It's even more stunning to think that about a three-hour flight away, there are people who don't have food to eat most days of the week. God is seeing. He sees when nobody else does. When we don't let our right hand know what our left hand is doing, God sees. When we close ourselves into our prayer closet and pray, God sees. God sees His people and understands heartbreak, heartache. What if God opened our eyes so that part of our family resemblance with the family of God was that we started to see things that we hadn't seen before? What if instead of passing by somebody we see 19 times a month and the conversation always goes like this, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, that's just one way. That's, practically speaking, that's just a way of acknowledging I see you, you see me. But what if we made it more? What if on that 19th time of the month when, when we just pass by, what if God gave us eyes to see that there might be more to the story? And we said, you know what? We haven't had the chance to talk in a while. I would love to get coffee with you. I'd love to hear what's going on in your life. It's God who puts those people in our paths. It's God who speaks to our hearts. It's part of the family resemblance. It's part of who we are as men and women made in the image of God. See. See that you are a member of the family of God and let no one deceive you into thinking that doesn't matter. It matters a great deal. It means your life and my life will never be the same if we take that seriously. It means that you and I will turn from some of our old ways and we will embrace new ways. It means that we will leave some of our baggage behind and pick up a cross instead to carry. It means that the one who lives in us will give us the strength to say no to sin and to say yes to all that God has in store for us. See what love the Father has that we should be called the children of God.
And that is what we are. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.